there are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the ladies. A lot of people here today felt like they lost. You know why? Now, experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the the case. Thought that was that was the the case. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name is Luke. <laughs> uh, I'm salty. I'm Cam. How are we, gentlemen? Good, thanks. Good to have two good pals in the house recording yep. a podcast. Yeah. Everyone's well hydrated. Yep. Everyone's eaten. Yep. Yep. We're ready to have a chat. All right. Today we're going to be delving into the most obscure of occultism. We're going to be talking about the Cross of Nero. And we're going to be talking about uh, the Triangle of Baphomet. Oh. Nah, just kidding. <laughs> just a bloody fool, Ja. Uh, we were thinking about what to do a podcast about. <laughs> How long did you work on that bit for? Like two seconds. Yeah. Just cool your jets, mate. Uh, we went to go do a podcast and realised, hang on a second... Have we done Loch Ness, the bloody Loch Ness monster? I still, for some reason, think we have. Uh, yeah, I think we have too, but whatever. We haven't. We've, sure? we've touched on it with the photo- for photograph. I feel like it, we talked a lot <clears throat> about that photograph. It would be hard to know whether we had if we did it in an early episode when we hadn't been naming the episodes very obviously. <laughs> we thought comedic names were the way to go. Yeah. Very um, annoying. We, we would have thought completely irrelevant naming... Reference to a little tiny in-joke of yeah. one sentence of the show. No, we never did Loch Ness Monster. Okay. Well, we're doing it now. Hey, hey, doesn't matter if we did it again. Because um, I've learned so much about the Loch Ness Monster that I didn't already know. Mm. So I couldn't, we couldn't possibly have done it. And in the time that but when we would have done it, I've been there yeah. and back. We're also going to have a little look at mermaids and mermen. Mm. Yeah. I got some good mermen gear. Yeah, It's tough out there being a merman. Well, let's touch on that later on. It's not, it's not bloody... Let's start off with a... Uh, Edelweiss fish. Don't shoot the pants yet. <laughs> oh, I was going to say Edelweiss fish before the frying's done. Let's start with Loch Ness, shall we? Yep. Salty? Was that a little... Was that a, like a fry? Because like, that's what little fish are called? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is this <laughs> a fish comedy based on your long experience as a fisherman? Well, we're talking about mermaids and, and fish things, so I thought I'd try and get some fish. Didn't you work at the docks or something? Yeah, I was a dockman. Yeah. Did you ever see a mermaid? No. All right, let's get back to this. Well, maybe think about your answer, but by the time we get back to it. Yeah, come up with something a bit more interesting. <laughs> uh, salty. Yes. Loch Ness, picturesque. Beautiful. Mm. What, about the mo- what about the monster? <clears throat> if, if Elusive. It, <laughs> if it wasn't 
famous for having a monster, mm-hmm. would it still be nice to go to? Oh, it's amazing. Hmm. It's absolutely stunning. But I'll tell you what, the, the, <laughs> I'll tell you what our first experience was when we got there. We're driving along on the mountainside. Mm-hmm. You can see it out there. It's just massive. And we're like, fuck, how beautiful is that? It looks amazing. Next little pullover thing, we'll stop and we'll get out and have a look. So we're driving along. Oh, there's a little parking bay. Park, get out, have a stretch. Been driving for a while. Mm-hmm. Walk over to the edge of the, the cliff where the little like wall is. Standing there having a good old gaze out at Loch Ness. And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, Loch Ness fucking stinks. And I was so horrified. This just rancid, rotten, gross, fishy, horrible smell. It's just like, ugh. I'm like, I had, it looks so nice. I had no idea it was going to smell like this. Anyway, I looked down and there was like a massive rotting dead deer carcass right. that someone had just thrown off the road right. <laughs> over the little wall right under me, assaulting my nose. So I was like, oh, okay, let's drive a bit more. It's- Stopped up a bit further. <clears throat> Doesn't smell like that. Okay. Like this famously lovely smelling. Yeah. Yeah. She's nearly got in trouble with the bloody Loch Ness Tourism Council, didn't we? Um. So what is the monster of Loch Ness? Where does it start? Oh, it starts way back, but I think the official sort of it becoming the Loch Ness monster was a 30s thing, right? Yeah. About 1933. Oh. Very cultish. Or thereabouts. So the story can be traced back to 565 AD. A missionary called St. Columba apparently encountered something monstrous there. Um, but then later in the 30s is when the it's got into the press. Uh, the Inverness Courier, Inverness is like the town at the top of the lake, uh, reported the first modern sighting of Nessie in 1933. So Fort Augustus, which is at the other end of the lake, correspondent from down there reported a sighting by Aldi McKay or Mackay of what she believed to be Nessie. And then, so her... Uh, the description was that there was a whale-like creature in the locks cascading and churning. And the editor of the paper at the time was like, let's call this the fucking monster. Mm. Hey, monster. That's a big buzzy word for the 30s. Yeah. Uh, so Loch Ness Monster was born. Since then, there's like 10 reports a year or something. Right. <laughs> uh, con- yeah, it's constant. There's always reports of it. There's the famous photo. Did anyone actually look into that? Oh, I've seen explanations of it before. People think it was an elephant from a traveling circus. Mm. It's putting this little... Having a little dip. I feel like we did a whole episode on the photo. No, we have never. Uh. Are you confusing this with reading about the Loch Ness Monster as a child from those dumb books? Did we do a... Did we include Loch Ness in an episode about just cryptids, maybe? I think we did. We talked about the photo. So go back and listen to that one, whichever it is. At least someone has photo gear, Cam. How about you, we just talk about the photo now? Okay. Do you have photo gear? No. Oh, I didn't look it up either because I thought we'd done it already. Oh. So the, the famous photo is the, the black and white water with the, looks like someone's hand yeah. sticking out of the out of it, which is supposed to be the monster. Any of our Patreon listeners who I just want to also say thanks for your patronage. Special thanks to Tammy, our cooked massive sponsor. Thank you. Um Hopefully everyone got their postcard. I sent all of our Patreons postcards from when I was at Loch Ness. If you're not on Patreon, jump on because every now and again you get really cool stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, yeah, up there when you go there, that, that photo's on everything. Every bit of merch is like got that on it. The surgeon's photo. Yeah. So the the, the most sort of credible explanation if you go down the route that it's not the Loch Ness Monster is that at the time there was circuses traveling around and that was probably an elephant that was having a little dip yeah. in the water and that's its little trunk. Just having fun. Yeah. Frolicking. Elephants love the water. Yeah. And they need to breathe. Yeah. And they've got fucking built-in snorkels. Yeah. So why wouldn't they be bang- banging around under the water? There's also theories about that photo that's just like a log. Yeah, a bit of stick sticking out of the ground. I feel like uh, in the 30s, people probably gave a lot of credence to things because surgeons were involved. Yeah. They're like, oh, a surgeon took a photo. Well, they know what they're doing. Yeah, you got to trust them. They're not famously off their face on, on ether all the time. Yeah. But um, that's... So there's, there's been a lot of photos and video caught over the years that all is... Nothing's as like in your face as that first... The surgeon's photo as here's a fucking monster sticking out of the water. Lots of black lumps. Do you want to know? I just very quickly looked up the surgeon's photo yeah. um, and the official explanation of, of what actually happened. Um, so he was a famed um, photoshopper. Uh, Marmaduke Weatherall was a famed big game hunter who had been hired in 1933 by the Daily Mail to find the Loch Ness Monster. He returned from his expedition with evidence of enormous footprints leading from the lake's shore into the water. Right. However, Natural History History Museum researchers concluded the tracks had been made with a dried hippo's foot, which were a popular umbrella stand at the time. Uh, Then he also revealed the photographs as a hoax. He explained that uh, he had enlisted his help to create a model of the monster's neck and place it in a toy submarine. Robert Kenneth Wilson was chosen to give the photograph to the media because of his trusted reputation as a doctor. Right. Uh, This is from don'ttakepictures.com, story of the Loch Ness Monster story. Uh, So that's the story of the photo. You guys were right in your speculation of a surgeon is more trustworthy. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not, though. No, turns out they're not at all. Never trust a surgeon. You know who else was a doctor? Harold Shipman, Mm. famous murderer. Jesus. Cripes. Was this related to Loch Ness? Nah. Oh. Dr. Jayant Patel. Yep. Another Nick, nicknamed Doctor. Dr. Death, of yeah. all things. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't that a clue? Yeah. His business card. Here's my card. Fucking Dr. Death. Oh, no. Wrong one. This, uh, this one. So, Loch Ness. Yeah. I do have some occult gear mm-hmm. uh, that possibly explains the entire thing. Because you know who lived right on the lock for a, uh, for a time? Only one Mr. Mr. Crowley. Oh, shit. Oh. Alastair Crowley lived on Loch Ness. Right. What what year was this? Uh, from like 19, oh, 1899. And then for a few more years, he lived there. Uh, he lived in a house called Boleskine House. And he bought it specifically to do a uh, magical ritual. Ooh. He wanted to perform the sacred magic of Abramelin the Mage. Taken from a grimoire called the Book of Abramelin. Uh, it was a spell or ritual in which you invoke your guardian angel. But it's a little bit tricky because in order to invoke one's guardian angel, you first have to invoke the 12 lords of hell. Mm. Satan, Baphomet, Baal. I, 
Leviathan, yeah, Beelzebub. I feel like if you invoke the 12 Lords of Hell, <clears throat> you better have a good reason. Because if one of them's like, oh, what the hell? They're going to all turn on you. Well, you invoke them one by one. Okay. And so as you invoke each one, you then sort of defeat them or you, you uh, make them submit to your will. Mm. And then by the time you've got all 12 of them have submitted to your will, then you'll be like, all right, boys. Uh, mind dialing up me old guardian angel? Right. And they're like, all right. It seems incredibly hard yeah. to make 12... Lords of Hell. Submit to your will. Mm. It is incredibly hard, Robbo. It's the spell takes at least six months of preparation. <laughs> you need more than that. Well, Robbo, you'll see in a second. It takes more than six months to prepare for a marathon. It also take, requires celibacy yeah. and abstinence from alcohol. Now, what do we know about Alistair Crowley? He loves getting his dick bloody wet, doesn't he? Mm. He, lo- he loved to booze it up. Right there by Loch Ness. Where you can get your dick wet 24-7. Yeah. Just, just fucking plock it in there. Mm. So. What is this? <laughs> so. Is this a really gear what we're doing here? Getting his dick wet by putting it in. Like this. That's what this podcast has become. <laughs> right. So here's the thing about this spell, right? So the reason he bought this house was specifically to, to do the spell. Because part of the spell also requires like a certain location. Yeah. Right. So he got the spell off this guy called Samuel uh, Little McGregor Mathers, who was the head of the Order of the Golden Dawn. Matho. Yeah. Mathers. Yeah. Old Matho. Yeah. So we've talked about the Golden Dawn before. This was the group that uh, Crowley was in. Mm. So Mathers had gotten this book, uh, which was like ancient spells uh, that someone had worked out like hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And he translated it. And uh, there was a few things that went wrong. Firstly, he translated it really shittily. Right. Uh, in his thing, he's like, it takes six months to do this spell. And in the original text, it's like, it takes at least 18 months. Do not do anything less than a year and a half on this. Or you're just going to cook it. And Crowley's trying to bang it out in six. Yeah. Well, this is because this guy has translated it this way. Right. Uh, he also, he cooked a bunch of like the recipes. You've got to... Get some oil. Got to oil yourself up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll enjoy this, though. I'm already enjoying it. Uh, you know what uh, recipe he substituted? A bit of calamus is supposed to be in it. You know what he put in instead? A bit of glangle. Oh, yeah. Now, what does glangle go well in? Oh, curries. Yeah. The Southeast Asian food. little free plug for eats and drinks, maybe? Well, yeah. I'm not going to just go with honey fermented galangal because... I'm still, still bloody an experiment in progress. I'm not going to lie to our listeners. But it's delicious, though. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you wouldn't put it in your anointed oils, would you? No, I think it'd be good. If you were going to then anoint your fucking steak with it, mm. or a bit of chicken. Mm. So the, he also stuffed up another bunch of uh, things in the recipe, uh, which completely changed the oil's edibility, fragrance, dermal sensation, and its spiritual symbolism, which I think is the most important when you're doing a spell with something. Dermal sensation. Yeah. So is that like you put it on your skin? On your skin. skin. Yeah, yeah skin right. Feel. Yeah. Okay. Dermal sensation. That's fun. Maybe you're supposed to put it on your nips and they burn a little bit, but mm. it was like cold instead. It's yeah, cold. Maybe. It's a cold place up there. Yeah. You're also you're supposed to do. Uh, there's a bunch of magical squares that you need to fill in. It's like it's sort of magical bingo. Right. And the original spell called for 251, and the translation only had 242. So you got a bunch of random. Magical squares floating around out there. He's fucked up his occult Sudoku. Yeah. yeah. 
So Mathers had already stuffed things up by cooking the recipe. Yeah. But then he stuffed it up even further. So Alistair Crowley is, you know, putting it away for six months, mm. calling up devil after devil, when on the phone, who is it? But only Mathers himself, who is the head of Golden Dawn, is like Crowley, all these other Golden Dawn dickheads are getting really sick of me. Uh, they're mainly sick of having to go through me to talk to the gods and things. Mm. They're getting a little antsy. Can you come and help me shore up some of my support here in Paris? And Crowley's like, yeah, no worries. I'll just leave this fucking demon thing half done uh, and come to Paris where I'm famously going to get my dick massively wet and my as well as my whistle. Mm. Mm. Uh, in the Seine. Yeah. Chuck it in the Seine. Mm. Mm. Good gear. Who was it? Was it... <laughs> Hillary Clinton's parents or someone? Oh, no, the Barbara Bush's parents were... Mum was mucking around with Crowley in Paris, right. if you remember. Yeah, yeah, Barbara Bush was allegedly her his daughter Yeah, in some theories. Mm. Yeah, because her mum was in Paris. Yeah. We cover a when lot he, of ground on this podcast. And Crowley was just fucking banging everyone. Yeah. yeah. So he leaves the spell half done, and what do you get? Bunch Six of angry bloody... Guardians of Hell. Yeah. yeah. Or four. You know, he's only a third of the way through. You said, you said half done. Well, yeah, that was just, he's not actually half done. Mm. He's not even a third. Just to turn a phrase, get you. Yeah. yeah. So there is a school of thought that perhaps the Loch Ness Monster might be a little loose demon. Yeah. Leviathan, probably. Is that one of them? Probably. Yeah, mm. it is. And that would explain why you can never ping it on the sonar. Mm. It's otherworldly. Yeah, it's incorporeal. Okay, that's pretty good. There was also mm. a bunch of weird stuff happened after he left. Uh, a butcher who he like, for some reason he got like the receipt from the butchers and he wrote a bit of his spell on the receipt. The butcher chopped off his own hand. Right. Uh, the next person that lived in the house uh, killed themselves. Then someone else who lived in the house lived with their like their blind wife and they just were just like, see ya. Mm. And left the blind wife there. <laughs> I wonder if when Crowley was there, he did something to fuck up the post office and that's why the postcards took like six months to reach everyone. No doubt. Could be. Fuck. They've uncovered something here. Yeah. Don't blame me, Patreons. Blame Alistair Crowley. (laughs) Your excuse for everything. (laughs) Crowley did it. (laughs) The uh, the bloke from Led Zepp bought it. Jimmy Page. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he was like, nah, there's no ghosts. But then someone was like, are you saying there's no ghosts? He's like, well, I didn't say there were no ghosts. Hmm. I just said I didn't, hear, I didn't see any heads rolling around, but mm. there could be ghosts. Yeah. You don't want to drop out your ghost hunter market if you want to resell yeah. by saying there's no ghosts. Yeah. Particularly if you leave Zeppelin, I feel like there's a crossover between mm. your oeuvre of work and ghost people that like ghosts. Yeah. So the other thing we know about Crowley is that around 1933 is when his powers were beginning to diminish. Mm. I don't think he died yet, right? Because he died in the 40s, right? I think so. Because that's when the UFOs appear. Mm. I think, though, 1933 is like around the time that he hit rock bottom. Mm. So his powers, probably his powers to stop demons from swimming around were at their lowest. Yeah. yeah. So bloody Nessie's starting to go pop her Oop. fucking head up going, what's going on? Yeah. Manifesting yeah. into the physical world. Mm. A little bit of Crowley gear there for you. Um, I did... <laughs> So I, it's related to, I guess, this kind of theory. Um, I watched an episode of In Search of Aliens, mm-hmm. season one, episode three, uh, which I feel was a weird one to include in the first season of Aliens. Um, the guy already said like, at the start, like, 
you know, this isn't really alien related, or is it? Right. Mm, kind of. How have you not got enough aliens to fill your first season? Yeah, yeah. you're three and you're, you're doing sea creatures. It's like us waiting till like episode three hundred to do Loch Ness. Um. Anyway, the so he's interviewing this guy called Steve Feltham, um, who just moved to Loch Ness in 1991. His van broke down, so he just decided to live there. And he just hangs out. fucking good place. Yeah, and he just hangs out, makes little models, sells them to tourists, uh, and lives in his van. Seems like a pretty chill dude. Yeah. He's got a website, on his website he says, I love my life, it's an adventure. I don't think it's that much of an adventure if you're staying in one place. Hmm. Does he live in a house or in a a van? In a van. Hashtag van life. Yeah. Does he have an annoying YouTube channel? No, I don't think so. We took out the siding of the van and we put in some plywood. <laughs> um, anyway, he was... Uh, so this guy was being interviewed and he said, there's one guy on the other side of the lake who thinks there's a spaceship at the bottom of the lock. And this is this is the History Channel show, so it's like super dramatic. Slow-mo. <laughs> zoom in on the host. He's like, whoa. Uh, I skipped through the rest of it and they didn't really address it. All right. They just kind of moved on. Um, but they went and met a guy who, um, uh, a couple of guys that got some submarines in the 50s and 60s and had a look around. Uh, but they had one that was a yellow submarine, very much in the style of the yellow submarine. Mm. It didn't really, f- didn't sink or it didn't float properly. It just kind of hovered in the middle. Right. But they had like um, darts on it. So if they saw Nessie, they want to shoot the dart and get a little bi- a biopsy. Oh. Never happened. So there's been a lot of... Submarine exploration of the the lock, right? Because is it super deep? Is yeah. that the story? So it's two hundred and twenty something meters deep at its deepest point. It's pretty damn which deep. It's pretty yeah. deep. If you think about how high a ten meter diving board is, yeah, and how terrifying that is, yeah. Imagine that times twenty two. Yeah. So also, thank you for explaining meters to us. Yeah. Well, I'm just putting in a context that people would understand because mm. you know everyone's been out on the ten meter diving board. 100 meter running track. Oh, sorry, I forgot I was in a podcast of cowards. Yes, I noticed you said a 10 meter diving board was scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's Me, I don't find it terrifying at all. Yeah. No. Have you dived off one? I never. Yes. I always skip the 10 meter, go straight for the 30. Mm. It's not a 30 meter diving board. Maybe not at the pools you go yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <laughs> coward pools. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bloody. Yeah. Uh, so the water of the lock is really dark. Because it's surrounded by mountains and all the peat comes down off the mm. mountains, it goes in the water. The water's dark as shit. Mm. And apparently... Dark as peat. Dark as peat. Dark as a lock full of peat. Mm. Um, apparently, radar and all that kind of sonar shit just doesn't work in it because there's so much particular matter floating around and visibility is basically nothing all the time there just because it's so full of stuff and dark. So I think that's why most of the submarines people, I think those missions are doomed before they even start because yeah. it's just hard to <laughs> to see anything down there. Mm. And when when I was out on the lock, bloody, tell you what, I can understand people thinking they see things. Mm. To take a fully skeptic view of it, right, of, of sightings, the water's so dark that when waves kick up, the side of the wave that's not that's in shadow is pitch black. Mm. So any sort of largish waves 
that ripple looks like a black long shape mm. on top of the water. Mm. Like it's black. Mm. When I was like, I remember looking over the side at the bubbles and the, what's that called that a boat makes? The turbulence in the water. Wake. The wake. And as soon as like bubbles went a few centimeters under the water, they the whiteness of the froth just turned a, a brown, murky color. Mm. Uh, it's that that tinted dark the water. So on this podcast, we've talked about different levels of dark. Uh, we've got Vanta Black, yep. Black three point yep. in that order, and then at the top we've got Gippsland Dark. Gippsland Dark, yeah. At number one, darkest yeah, thing. The darkest thing. <laughs> Where does Loch Ness Dark fall into this uh, category? But probably between. Black 3.0 and Gippsland Dark. Wow. Very, very dark water. Yeah, that is dark. But not as dark as Gippsland. Not, not as dark really. as Gippsland. Come on. Um, so, yeah, any amount of turbulence in the in the, the lock surface, the waves just look like a. It, it's black. It looks like a shape coming out of it. And when you're out on the water, there's so many, like, because, you know, a bit of wind, there's a lot of ripples on the, on the surface. A little bit choppy. It's just you do get a weird sensation of seeing things. Like I, I was on the boat going, "Hey, huh? huh? Like, because I, I went out there thinking, "Hey, Loch Ness, fucking gonna find Nessie. This is gonna be amazing." Yeah. So part of you, you part of you thought, "I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be gonna the one it. to see it." Yeah. yeah. yeah and this is gonna be like, this is gonna make our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and saw nothing, but can very, very, very much understand how people think they see things. Mm. Like the like little incidental, oh, I saw Nessie because there was a black shape that kind of rose up out of the water, could easily be a wave mm. because the waves are that dark. Um, I shared I, a video actually with our Patreons. Mm. That was ages ago. We'll, I'll share it. We'll share it on our public socials now. Let's do it. And people, listeners can check out my little video of Loch Ness that I made. Mm. Now, it's got me thinking, um, Nessie tourism... I don't know if it's how sustainable it is. Mm. You know, these kids these days, they want their computers, they want their extreme sports. Do they need to do a sort of a Nessie wakeboarding competition? Possibly. You're going to get some cool photos with the dark thing. You could have um, themed jumps yep. in the shape of like the famous photos and stuff. Like you go like a like a Flintstones thing where you go up the back of the yeah 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 on the wakeboard on the wakeboard yeah. um, wakeboard the kids love it yeah I love wakeboarding Loch Ness wakeboarding competition twenty twenty yeah aren't you like a millennial brand guy is that your actual job no yeah they tell the brands incorporate wakeboarding into things I think it's a good one annual bloody what else are you gonna do on the water Red Bull sponsors it yeah. get Red Bull on board mm. maybe a f- what 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 do you think we should do, Cam? A fishing comp? Yeah, we want a fishing comp. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a lot of ganging up on me here. Bloody, I'll tell you what, they've just cancelled the snapper fishing comp in Wyala for the oh, first time for why? because it's, fish are depleting. All right. Climate changed. The planet is dying. Yeah. Every once a year, people swarm to Wyala to go out and catch heaps of snapper. Nah, they put it on hold. Do they want a wakeboarding competition? That would fill the void. So, Robbo. Or a monster. There's been, yeah. The Wyala lock could do a little monster. Yeah, there is one. There is one. Maybe like uh, the water. There's a wet little wetlands. Yeah. Is there a water feature at the golf course? Uh, I wouldn't think so. Wait, where do they do the snapper competition then? At the beach. Ah, of course. 
You have a surfing competition there, not just wakeboarding. There's no surfing while on it. Uh, Robbo, some modern sightings of uh, the Loch Ness Monster you wanted to share with us? No, all the Mongera I had was there. I just watched that one all right. episode of... And then I looked at the submarines for a bit. That was it. Yeah, a lot of people going out in submarines and things. Yeah, finding and, nothing. And they're finding nothing. People going out... Of, but you're, they're on a hiding to nothing, right? But then you've got all these people going out on boats. It's like, mm. well, that's not going to do it. You need a submarine. Yeah. You need a submarine that can see through the murk of all the peat. Yeah. Yeah, so we've tried everything. Then there'll be some water appreciation wank who go there and be like, it's a bit peaty. We've done... So we like... People have tried on boats. They've tried submarines. They've done sonar. Yep. One guy found a shape. Didn't seem to be much. I think we're out of ideas. Okay, so you were across uh, Jeremy Wade. Extreme fisherman. Extreme fisherman. Yeah, I am. Jeremy Wade. The New Zealander? No, no, he's a British oh, okay. guy. Okay, no, I don't know him. He does like, he goes fishing in the Amazon and catches huge like arapaimas and stuff and hits his thing. He did a whole episode on the Loch Ness Monster. Mm. He did a whole a whole series on monsters, mm. mythical and otherwise. He, inv- he went and did some investigation on the loch and what it could be based on stories that people have told. And his most sort of, what he thought it is most likely is if it's something, if there is something in there, is every now and again a stray Greenland shark will make its way down from up in the icy north waters, make its way down the bloody rivers into the lock, bum around in the lock for a little bit because they, they tend to like roll on the water, on top of the water, mm. and make like a big humpy fleshy shape. Mm. And then piss off back out to the sea. How does... So the lock is connected to the sea? Somewhere. Okay. All right. I, I don't understand the geography of this, but I can look it up later. Well, on. It's, it's quite high in Scotland. Above yeah. it is like where it gets all like craggy and like mm. the highlands, like the super highlands. Mm. Super and highlands. And then it's the, the ocean, like the Arctic Ocean. Is it... But that's not above the mountains. Yeah. It's north. Yeah, it's north. north. But like how... But not, not up in the sky. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but not the old fucking but, so sky ocean. The, the way you described it, as you said, it's high, then it's got the thing above it, and then it's the ocean. Yeah, well, if, if you're looking at a compass and a map, yeah, it's high on the map. But so how are the sharks getting... Just this guy. How are they... Sh- I don't know how the sharks are getting in there from the Greenland Ocean. That's, I mean, obviously, I'm assuming this guy's worked it out. They're yeah. swimming down the, like... Down a little creek. Down the little rivers and stuff. Okay. The fjords. Right. Into the lock. Interesting. Having to swim around, doing a bit of sunbathing up on the surface, and people are seeing them rolling around. Because they're big, like, long, grey, smooth, like... Mm. I don't think they have as many fins as a normal shark either, so they're kind of cylindrical. Mm, like a sexy dolphin. Yeah. Smooth, sexy mm. dolphin. So- and they're big, and they're they're really old, and they're, like... Could be, it could even be the same one that's there all the time. These fuckers live for like hundreds of years. They found one that they reckon is like 500 years old. Oh, I've seen photos of that shark. Yeah. Man, it just looks so tired. Yeah. It's fucking bumming around for 500 Let, let years. me rest. I don't know why I keep saying bumming around either. Cook me up into some delicious flake and let me rest. <laughs> uh, so, Robert, I think where you were going with uh, your little we've tried everything bit was uh, just recently... Uh, you didn't need to spell it out. I was trying to set you up. Yeah, okay. Well, because we got distracted, though, I've got to get back to it. So as you were teeing me up with, quite yeah. 
quite well done. Quite well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, just recently, some scientists have reckon they've cracked the case. Right. So they did a, a environmental DNA survey of the lock. They took like 200 different water samples from all different regions of the lock, like all around it, all depths and things. And from that, they can get the DNA profile of every animal right. that is in the lock. And they're like, well, we found some fish in here. Mm-hmm. Didn't find any reptiles. Didn't find any plesiosaurs. Uh didn't find any leviathans what we found guys well, they wouldn't find the leviathan dna for starters no. so that's still the leading but what they say they found is just a fucking shitload of eels so hang on can we take a step back mm-hmm. you're saying uh, we have the technology to take a sample of water yep and get dna prints of everything everything that's been in there this is the theory that people are trying to get us to believe. Yeah. Every, a lock that's like 200 metres deep and massively long, they mm-hmm. take a little water sample they're and they can get like, the DNA of everything in there. They're taking like, I don't know, 10 litre samples from like 200 different spots all around it. And everything that's ever been in there, they can get the DNA. Well, not everything that's ever been in there, but everything that's in there now or everything that's like very recently been in there. So they get like deer and stuff that have come down and had a sip out yeah. of the lock. People have fucking killed them and thrown them over the cliff. <laughs> but getting all of that stuff, you know, they're getting some people DNA, they're getting bloody salty DNA, they're getting Alistair Crowley DNA that he's bloody left behind, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, and they're getting so many eels. They're like, we didn't think there were going to be this many eels in the lock. Really? I would picture the lock as like, it's so dark, there's all these peat nutrients. That is like peak eel Eel stuff. Yeah. 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 So in these idiots... <laughs> Who don't think there's that many eels in there are the ones doing DNA testing. Well, they're like, we thought there would be some eels. We didn't think it would be literally just a writhing mass of eel. That just below the water, it was just all eel all the way down. Right. So they do give a little bit... I don't know how serious this is or how tongue-in-cheek it was. The scientist guy in his little press conference is like, look, it could be a lot of little eels or it could be one big eel. Oh, I st- but there's heaps of eel. I still can't get my head around that test that they're running. Yeah. To the point where a dinosaur still living in the lake makes more sense to me. And I know that I'm probably way wrong and, like, this test is incredible. But it's just so ridiculous. Have you watched CSI? Yeah. You know when they get the little bits of DNA? Yeah, but they're not scooping it off a lake. Hmm. There's so much water in a lake. Yeah, they grabbed a bunch of the water. And what about rain that has come from the ocean into the sky and then down into the lock? Is that not impacting it? Well, I don't imagine there'd be a lot of DNA in that. We'll start in the ocean. Yeah. Anyway, this is what they reckon they've worked out. Oh. There have been reports, like the, a little while back, a bunch of big eels washed up. And people are like, maybe that's the Loch Ness Monster. And other people are like, no, people have planted these eels. There couldn't possibly be eels in the lock. Mm. It's like, nah, it's chockers. Mm. Chockers with eels. I don't buy it. Where do we land on Loch Ness? Well, does it make sense for it to be eels when so Crowley did a third of a demonic spell there? Makes a lot of sense for it to be the Leviathan. Yeah. Mm. Or a big shark. I think nothing. I think it's nothing. Well, I mean, there's probably eels in there. Yeah. We know there's eels in there. Nothing big, though, you don't think? Nah. 
I did see one scientist guy who's like, you know, people are expecting to see something, so they see something. Mm. And especially at cooked waves, mm. you're going to see stuff. Yeah. Now, Salty, you saw something else there while we are on the topic of Loch Ness. You know what? I legit saw a fairy. Really? Yeah. I don't want to laugh at, your, at you know, the ludicrousness of this, but kind of goes against this whole show. Yeah. It's, it was weird. Driving, driving along yeah. up in the near the next to the lock. Yeah, a lot of trees and stuff. Yeah, a lot of residual magic in the air. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is a place of magic. Mm. This is like where fucking folklore began. Mm. How magic were the uh, mushrooms? Didn't have any. Oh, okay, but uh, driving along. Yeah, and something very uh, how would what would the word be? It flits. Mm-hmm. If you think of something flying past your car, mm-hmm. and then think of something flitting, mm-hmm. <laughs> driving along <laughs> past the windscreen, like you know, maybe a bit under thirty centimeters high. You know, if you were thinking of a fairy, mm-hmm. how you'd think you know, small. They're not big creatures. No. Yeah. So we're driving along. This thing goes flip, 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 past the windscreen. We looked at each other and Kylie goes, did you see that fairy? And in my head, I was thinking exactly the same thing. Fucking fairy just flew past the windscreen. And we can't think of anything else it could have been. It wasn't a bird. Mm. It wasn't a gigantic butterfly. Mm. Something flitted past the car. And we're in, just saying, we're in a fucking magical place. Oh, that's... I got nothing to say. I, I'm well, skeptical, Robo here. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm completely convinced. He's like, nah, it was just a little bloke with wings on. Yeah, well, sure, it wasn't an Aberdeen midget with a little jetpack. Yeah. Fuck off, Robo. Loch Ness. You're like, nah, there's fucking nothing there except eels. Yeah, that's what I think. It's one of those ones that are like, I yeah, it's been like explained to death. Mm. It's one of those ones I kind of like to try and maybe think. I don't want to hold. I want to hold on to the mystery of Loch Ness. I would be very much into it if it was true. Mm. That'd like, be great. You're like, nah. Wow. At this point, yeah. this bloke that I watched, he's been sitting out looking at it for thirty years almost. You sure he's not spending a bit of his time whistling his little models though? Yeah, he's doing it on the lake though. Yeah, he doesn't see. have his eyes on the lake twenty four seven though. Oh, I feel like. How many fingers has he lost? <laughs> I feel like if he's seen it up, whitt- whittling without looking. Yeah, what's your? I whittles? feel like he- plus working on his fucking awful YouTube van life fucking channel. Between him and all the other weirdos that live around there, this is how we they pull the bed out. Something. For extra storage space when we have guests over. I also don't, Fuck off. I, I don't know this van life reference, but I imagine it's a genre of YouTube channel. Yeah. No, this is that. Robbo who fucking king of micro genres doesn't get van life YouTube channels. I mean, I'm, I'm not aware of it. I'm not saying I don't get it. I get it. Bloody go look at a fairy, mate. Jeez.
mermaids and mermen. It's tough out there being a merman. It sure is. All right. Mermaids. So we start at the start. Yeah. Uh, with Greek mythology and the sirens of old. Yeah. And these sirens, like the original sirens. So, all right. If For those who don't know, a, a mermaid is a half a lady, half a fish. Yeah. Uh, generally top half of the lady, bottom half fish. Yeah. Right. Originally these sirens, the first mermaids... We're half lady, half bird. Okay. Did you know this? No. no. And they're like, I think they must have been like... Is that not harpies? Well, no, these were the, these were the sirens. These were the original sirens. Right. And they're like, okay, so you got like the top half of a lady and then the bottom half's a bird. They're like, yep. And like, so where are the wings? Because wings are on the top half of the bird. Mm-hmm. They're like, all right. So it's like from the neck down, it's bird. And they're like, so there's no lady norks. Right. They're like, I've got to revisit this whole thing, make mm. it a fish. Yeah. So they right. turn them into fish. Right. Okay. To get a bit of, a bit of knock in there. Yeah. Because no one's going to be like, oh, well, you were seduced by mostly a bird, were you? Yeah. This is not a great look for our ancient civilization. Let's just throw some knocks in there, shall we? So does it, this comes from the Odyssey, right? Is that yeah. where it started off? Like Greek myth. Yeah. They, they rock up, they turn up in a bunch of old myths. and But there are like similar myths from around the world of you know, half- Half lady, half fish. Mm. It's one of those things that people are like, how can all these cultures that are separated by thousands of miles have the same things? Mm. Surely there's something to it. Well, I mean, they're not, they're not separated by that much. People were getting around on boats. Yeah. And people on boats. And while they were on boats, they saw the mermaids. Yeah, yeah. People on boats are largely the people who are going around saying, I saw a, I saw a sexy fish. It's like... What did you do to this fish? No, it was half a lady. It's okay. Yeah, these are the these are the people. Oh, so just on that, I did note down. Um, I was reading some YouTube comments about mermaids. That's where the, the real information about mermaids is. Yeah. Uh, and someone had a one about Columbus. Um, oh yeah, mermaids do exist. Even Christopher Columbus mentions them in his travel diaries. He says they exist, but are nowhere near as pretty as expected. Oh no! So he. I feel like he was on the hunt. He was like, I'm going to, while I'm, you know, out of town, going to give me some of that mermaid action. Yeah. He's like, oh, Ugh. I'll still do it. Yeah. Because you, you got to, you know, you got to try these things out. They just weren't as pretty as he wanted. Right. Yeah. Like the people who are traveling around the world spreading these myths are also the people most likely to lose their minds at sea. Because they're at sea. Yeah. And it's the olden days. They don't know they're supposed to have an orange every now and then. Mm. And or, orange halves at halftime. Don't drink the fucking wet stuff. No. Mm. Unless it's in a barrel. Yeah. So, mermaids. Long history of mermaids in, in, the, in the culture. Mm-hmm. Shall we fast forward? Yeah. We're, I think everyone's across a mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. And a merman. Are we just going to use gen- a generic term? Should we just say mermaids? Also the... Merfolk. Yeah, merpeople. All right. I think mermaids fine. I I do we do I do have some mermaid gear, but we can just do mermaids. So it seemed to me like the first big real mermaid thing was the Fiji mermaid. Yep. That's a Barnum thing, right? Yeah, classic Barnum hoax, which was just a a bit of monkey stitched to a bit of fish. <laughs> Jeez, classic. They, they went for it though, but the original the original Fiji mermaid. Uh, someone bought it for like $6,000. It's in 1822. Yeah, right. Oh, wow. That's like, 
when a threepence could buy you know pie and chips, six thousand uh, dollars. He did charge it to the his ship's expense account, mm. so doesn't really it's not real money. Mm. It's just on tick. See, I think getting someone that can afford six thousand dollars worth of fake mermaid, once they realise they've ripped off, been ripped off, that person can then bring down six thousand dollars worth of justice. Right. I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, you want to rip off a, a person that can't then bring down a lot of money with the justice or has a, a ship's crew that are hardened and, and angry. Mm. But then he, he did then rent the mermaid out to Barnum, okay. the, the famous circusman. Mm. Well, I thought Barnum made it. I, he rented it back to Barnum. I th- no, I think this guy bought it off like some Japanese sailors. Yeah. Or maybe that's just the story. But anyway, at, at any rate, Barnum gets it. But he also pulls a prank, like a double prank. He writes all of these letters to like newspapers uh, in the guise of somebody else. Uh, Dr. J. Griffin, again, he's like, as a doctor. Yeah. Uh, the most trustworthy of professions. Yep, especially in the olden days. Can't fault this logic. Yeah. Uh, I'm Dr. J. Griffin. I found this uh, thing in South America. And then to like bring it home... He got a, the guy who was pretending to be Dr. J. Griffin to like go and stay at a hotel that was owned by a guy that was friends with heaps of newspaper guys mm. and like talk to him about it. Uh, and like, like say it loudly. And he's like, Have you heard about this, this mermaid that I caught? Yeah, right. I don't know, there was, it was like a, it was a whole unnecessarily complicated scam yeah. to like increase the credibility of something that's clearly just a bit of monkey stitched to a bit of fish. Mm. Mm. To the point that when other people were like replicating the hoax later on, no one else was like, let's stitch a monkey and a fish together. They're like, let's make this out of paper mache mm. so it doesn't smell as bad. Mm. But it'll have the same effect on these dumb rubes. It's the 1830s, guys. Yeah. People are easy to fool. You could still buy cocaine and Valium at the bloody pharmacy at that point. Yeah. So people are just off their chops looking for some fun little creatures. Yeah. So that was the Fiji mermaid. Mm. But yeah. No, just another hoax. I've always wanted to make a Fiji mermaid. Yeah? Just as a display piece. So what I was trying to find was like a bunch of real mermaid gear. Right. Yeah. I looked it, up, do you look up mermaid videos on YouTube? It's rough, right? Because you look up real mermaids yeah. and it's like... Wiki-wiki in Florida or whatever. Well, there's heaps of videos where they're like, mermaids are real. Just ask Sandra D from fucking this water park who loves to... Dress up as a mermaid. It's like, no, it's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> I could keep this mermaid's real gear out of it. The other thing that Sully's is, a, is um, Animal Planet did a whole bunch of mermaid documentaries. Well, they, they did two yeah. documentaries. Yeah. Uh, one of them was called uh, Mermaids, The Body Found. Yeah. And the other one was called Mermaids, The New Evidence. No, there's three because I can't remember the third one. Right. Well, they, they made in a bunch it. of dockets. Yeah. Mm. So in and the- it tricked a lot of people. They presented them as they were real. Yeah, so it's all actors. Mm. Yeah, the fine print at the end of them said this is speculation based on some facts and some evidence. Mm. But they also that mostly made up. Yeah, yeah. they had this footage in it because like they've got these actors speculating on stuff. Yeah, but they had this footage that they'd shot where it's like in the first doco, it's like these fishermen bring in a big net and there's something struggling in the net and you sort of see an arm. Come out and it's got a like big mermaidy hand on yeah. it, mm. and then it like escapes into the water. Uh, but the footage is all made to look like it's real, and you know, yeah. you know when a video camera famously <laughs> fritzes out when you move it a little bit. Yeah, it's like all right, guys. 
But um, also famously, fishermen just reeling in a net and they just filming it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Then in the second one, they had a bit of similar footage where they were they'd gone down in a submarine. And at one point, you, something bangs on the submarine, and you see the hand hit the window. Hey. Mm. And the, the guy on the submarine was like, Whoa! Mm. and freeze frame. Yeah. And then I don't know what was in the third one. But in the Animal Planet documentaries, I think they made like some vague attempt to say, oh, this isn't real. There mm. might have been like, this is a, you know, based on a true story at the start or something. It maybe. did trick enough people for there to be like major articles of like, mm. this is very upsetting. That they tricked everyone. Because they, they ran with the aquatic ape ancestor angle, right? Yeah. Mm. Now, is that something they made up or was that something someone had made up that they were like, let's chuck that in because it's out there? Don't know. I feel like it might have been something that was out there that they sort of just incorporated mm. in their thing. Because a, the, a lot of the stuff they pointed out about the whole aquatic ape thing, you think about it, it makes sense. Mm. Like you can go, oh yeah, I can imagine that. Mm. Like they, they talk about like how we have webbing between our fingers and stuff and other primates don't. Mm. Really? And that's like a thing, like, why Why do we need that? Why is the, why have we got the remnants of, like, webbing in our fingers if we weren't an aquatic sort of base thing? Mm. Why do we, like, have no body hair or, like, why is our body hair something or other? Why have we got the right amount of, like, body fat to be in the water and keep warm? Stuff like that. Mm. But there's also a thing, like, you know, free divers? Like, humans can hold their breath longer than almost any other mammal mm-hmm. or any other, like... Land-based thing. Yeah, I think whales probably give us a run for their money. Well, yeah, their money. Well, even some whales. There was a thing like the longest, the longest a person, the person who can hold their breath the longest was super long. It was longer than some whales can, or something. Right. But there's a thing that f- happens with free divers when they dive down to like do their big long dives, where if you hold your breath long enough, you get to a point where your body freaks out. Mm. And that's usually the trigger that your body goes, you need to go back up and fucking hoik in a big breath. Mm. But the, if you can push your body past that, like your spleen releases all this oxygenated blood mm. into your body that lets you stay underwater and not breathe for ages longer. Mm. But you have to push past that panic point in your, your survival point in your brain that makes you want to breathe you have to get to the point where you think you're going to die yeah and, and then, then just go i'm not going to die and then your body just does this weird thing where it just releases all this fucking oxygenated blood that it's been mm. holding there yeah you're putting a lot of faith in your spleen mm. yeah this famously mysterious organ yeah what does it even do yeah holds oxygenated blood yeah. for when we're hunting underwater yeah yeah I feel like my spleen is ready to betray me at any moment. Yeah? Yeah. Your spleen is going to let you down, Cam. I don't, I don't trust my spleen <laughs> in the slightest. What have you done to it? I don't know. I just don't trust it. You know, <laughs> sometimes you feel like a bit of a pain in your side. And you're like, well, that's, I want to go free diving. Yeah. I instantly go to like some sort of horrible cancer. Yeah. Oh, um, no one lives forever. I was just going to say about the Animal Planet thing, though. So on TV, maybe it's got like... A, it had a shitty disclaimer on TV, right? Yeah. On YouTube, there's no disclaimer. Yeah. And they're only showing the little fucking tiny clips of the mermaid thing. and as, But it's like got the Animal Planet branding on the channel, which makes it look super legit. Did you get animal- a little bit spooked by it? No, not at all. But it's like... This thing's got like 1.6 million views or 16 million views or whatever. It's like, how many of those people knew that this was not real? One of them I saw had 4 million plus views and it was basically a, a tail 
like a fake tail waggling in the water. And there were three different sorts of like, it was clearly the same tail or the same brand of tail or whatever. And it's like, oh, it's a mermaid. We can see its tail. But it was just like thrashing about. So we're supposed to believe the mermaid was under the water. Right. Just in one spot, thrashing its tail about for a good 30 seconds. Uh, I mean, I don't know he's about mermaids. This is evidenced by what I've brought to the table. But I don't think they just stay in one spot and thrash their tails. They put their head above the water and coax you in. Yeah. Mm. They sing a, the siren song. Mm. Mm. Well, I think if they're going to attack you, they will just grab you and pull you under. Mm. Like if we're going to be serious for a second. Mm. Like let's do away with sirens songs and things. They're just going to grab you with their arms yeah. and hold you underwater and eat you. Um, so I watched a bit of uh, Jeremy Wade, who we talked about in the Loch Ness Monster yeah. one. Mm. In his River Monsters show, he didn't. Oh, is that the same bloke? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I watched River Monsters. Yeah. I watched that one. The, you watched The Water Mama? Yeah. I didn't. I haven't seen this. Well, I might. I would have, but I don't remember it. Mm. So this was in like South America. Uh, and there was some guy had gone missing. He'd been on his boat. They found his boat and like all of his clothes were in it. And they're like, the Water Mama got him. So this fucking mermaid has grabbed him. It was a really long bit considering in the end he's like, I think he took his clothes off and got in the water. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Drowned. But then he's like, something took him what? Yeah. But it was like, I don't know, South American rivers, yeah. eel. Yeah, or the tide, you know, the fucking flow of the river, the mm. current. His okay. wife was old yeah. when she was interviewed. It, it wasn't clear when he died, but yeah. it seemed recent. Yeah, but... Uh, and she was old. Yeah, so if he's like an old dude... Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, I'll just go for a little skinny dip. I'm just going to go for a Crowley-esque dip. Mm. Um, I also saw some footage of one in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the YouTube commentator said that um, long white hair and arms were clearly visible. Not at all. No. It looked very much like a dolphin or a dugong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it might have been a dugong. I think they have them in the Philippines. Which is, dugongs and manatees are what people say mm. people always thought mermaids were. Yeah. Um, sexy dugong. Sexy, sleek dugong. Uh, but do you guys want to hear some YouTube videos? Yeah, I do. Some, some comments. Mm. It's Gachanay 2. Uh, well, my mum believe in mermaid. She saw a mermaid when she was a kid at her province. She ain't lying. She's telling the truth. Well, I'm not going to say his mum's a liar. Actually, when when the Loch Ness cruise was coming back into dock, yeah. one of the women on there, and I don't know if she was just saying this for the sake of her kids, but she was fucking dead set. She's just like, well, I saw a mermaid. It come up the side and waved at us. Of Loch Ness? On Loch Ness. And I was like, mm, you're supposed to be looking for a monster. Yeah. You should, have, should be saying to your kid, hey, did you see the monster? Yeah. yeah. Don't muddy up the myths here. <laughs> You've clearly just seen a fairy having a swim. Yeah. Um, its wings were, would have been all slicked back and looked like a tail. This was, uh, I think it was one of the tail wagging videos. Out of all the videos I've seen on mermaids, this video seems believable. But I don't know. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> uh, this could be real because under surpent of the ocean is seen underwater. It's not really clear what that True. means. Um, the final one: there is more proof for mermaids existing than against. To say it is impossible is ignorant, but I guess it's also good because at least they will be left alone. Mm. I don't hate that comment. I don't agree with the first part of it. But if we did find mermaids, oh, we'd ruin it somehow. Yeah, I'll leave them alone. Oh, definitely. Do you guys come across bishop fish? Have you come across a bishop fish before? 
or the ocean bishops. No. So that's uh, another type of sea creature person. I've got a little picture for you here when it loads up. The old sea bishop. Oh, yeah. Bishop fish. Holding court. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. So they were a, uh, a type of sea monster reported in the 16th century. According to the legend, the bishop fish was taken to the king of Poland, who wished to keep it. Mm-hmm. It was also shown to a group of Catholic bishops, to whom the bishop fish gestured, appearing to appealing to for them to let it go. Yeah. They were like, you know what, let it go. Yeah, they're like, if a bunch of bishop fish caught one of us, yeah, we'd want him to, let, we'd want them to let us go. Yeah, so they they're like, all right, let it go. So they did that. At which point, the bishop fish made the sign of the cross and disappeared into the ocean. So then also in the ocean near Germany in 1531, uh, there was a, another bishop fish was caught who refused to eat and died after three days. It was described and pictured in the fourth volume of Conrad Jessner's famous History Animalium, which is a book about historic animals. Yeah. Mm. Bishop fish and sea monk is another type of similar thing. These religious figures that come out of the ocean and are all like scaly and maybe related to Neptune in some way. I feel like that's yeah. I think they served uh, Neptune or the other one, Poseidon or whoever. This is a bloody sea monk for you. Oh yeah, looks a lot like a bishop fish. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm into that. Yeah. Some people say that uh, the sea monk was found off the eastern coast of the. Ah, oh, the Danish island of Zealand, not hey. not New Zealand, oh. the old one, original Zealand. Yeah, yeah, original and still the best. OG Zealand. It's not, what is this? It's not the best. Uh, it was described outwardly resembled a human monk in its habit. Two thousand five paper concluded the animal was most likely an angel shark. Oh, um, somewhat related. Do you guys have you guys seen that thing going around the internet of sharks photographed upside down from underneath? They look like, look them up on your phone, sharks photographed upside down. Terrifying. While you do that, I'm going to tell you about the Merman interview I listened to. Like even more terrifying than normal sharks? Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you found an interview with a real merman. Yeah, he was a merman. Um, this is why I couldn't find it. I was like, looking for real mermaids. He was interviewed by Apex TV. <laughs> like this? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> when you see it, <laughs> quite terrifying, eh? Yeah. Um, on Apex TV, the official TV channel of the Apex Gang. Yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, so they interviewed a real merman. Um, basically, he goes in between land and ocean, yep. so his legs fuse together, and he becomes a uh, turns into a tail. Oh yeah, splash, splash style. Yep, yep, little merman style. Um, and he become basically. Um, his dad worked for the oil and gas in- industry. Mm-hmm. So the oil and gas industry are into mermaids, mermen. They know all about it. Well, they have those offshore deep sea yeah. rigs. Yeah, so they use them to weld things underwater. Right. Basically enslave them. He doesn't say they're slaves, um, but that's how it's, it's kind of what it is implied. Employed? I think they get paid, but not much. Is this to save money on scuba gear for normal underwater welders? Well, of course. It, it, you know, in a world where they did exist, is that you would that would be the like you that's who you would hire, like this world, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In fairness, scuba gear, 
not cheap. I mean, it's not cutting hugely into your profit margins. Not but, if you're an oil giant. No, yeah. but to employ so many highly trained scuba men to be welding mm. would be way more expensive in your wages budget than hiring a bunch of dudes who can just go down there. Did you just mansplain why oil companies use mermen? No, well, because it's just like, surely it can't be that much of a money difference, but it is, it's huge. Yeah, because yeah. they're basically slaves. We've just said this. But they're not slaves. They're just not be- they're being paid what they're worth. Hang on. Are they being paid in fish? Doesn't say, um, but he does say... Um, well, I'm, look, all right, edit this so it doesn't sound like I'm on the side of exploiting workers. <laughs> it sounds like you massively But it's are. like they, they don't have any special training. They're just doing. They're just doing what they do best. Welding. Yeah. All right. Pay them a welder's wage. Underwater welding, which gets paid fucking lot yeah. of money. Yeah, but that's because you they don't. Be, they don't need to learn the scuba diving part, is what Cam said. Because you've got to be a highly trained scuba man. Yeah, but the danger of it is the welding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, pay them a proper welder's wage. Yeah. All right. Is it? It sounds like they're not getting paid that though. They are being exploited. Cam also sounds, sounds like he thinks they should unionise as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, yeah, should, they should. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, this guy says if he wasn't a merman, he wouldn't believe it either. Um, <laughs> the interviewer said, uh, what's it like living underwater? What are the benefits? And to re- the response is, I always thought it sucks. <laughs> because uh, you don't have social security numbers. Computers, electricity, can't have them underwater. Right. Uh, you're kind of a bit a bit stupid, and when you're you're, you're a bit stupid, well, like dum dums. He, he says his dad was uh, wasn't very smart, and his only choice was to be a welder. Right. Basically, that's a bit that's a bit harsh that's, to me. But like the way he was saying it was, I'd say to be a welder, you need a bit of intelligence, right? Because you might be dealing with chemical mixes, gas yeah, gas definitely. mixture ratios, um, electricity, charge vo- voltages. A, tra- a trap that a lot of people both normal and mer can fall into when you know especially when you've worked somewhere for a while is thinking oh, i've got no transferable skills it's like mm. you do have transferable skills definitely yeah i'm gonna expand your horizons a little bit there's a lot of shit that gets done underwater yeah for starters you can stay underwater as much as you want yeah, yeah. go to bloody port lincoln in south australia there's a booming aquaculture industry oysters snapper tuna it's tuna farms in port lincoln what do you think is going to swim swim down tuna no, well, they're oh, in a maintenance big, under the farm. They're in a big net. They, they grow it in big sea pens. Uh, also, you can be down there fixing holes in there, making sure the great whites don't get in. Also, they don't have cities under the sea, but they have towns. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fine. So they can't listen to city pop. No, no they can. Does that mean there's no underwater cathedrals? It doesn't say. They didn't that's question that's on what cathedral. makes it a city, right? Mm. Cathedral? Having a cathedral. Yeah. Maybe in civilization. They're not civilized? No, I mean, civilization, the game. I don't think that's the official metric. Isn't it the official metric as well? No. What about... I've never played Civilization. Non- How do I know this? What about non-Christian countries? They can't have cities? They can have cathedrals, though, or the equivalent. Yeah. Mm. Atheist countries? There aren't any atheist countries. I'm really judge of that. Uh, I had one more thing to say. Oh, yeah. Um, mermaids and mermen... Uh, always is quite racist in their depiction because they're always depicted as white. Mm-hmm. Is that not true though? Merman on the interview says there are mer people of all races, all colours and creeds right. are under there living a life. And the oil, oil and gas industry is trying to kind of cover it up because yeah. they're getting all this cheap labour that Cam's so into. I'm not into it. Unionise. If you don't fight, you lose. <laughs> 
yeah. So, real life merman interviewed. But I will say that you, it's obviously not as skilled a job as being a human underwater welder. I don't want to come off as massively species though. A lot of you're gonna get cancelled even more so. I've not, I haven't been cancelled at all. I'm an unproblematic fave. Mm-hmm. Unlike you, I can first result on Google. We'll just go, go back to amicancelled.com. If you search Cam's name, uh, you'll see what happens. There's so many Cam Smiths out there to be cancelled. No, that's on you to disprove, Cam. Could be the cartoonist. Probably isn't. It could be the bass player. No. Nah. It could be the guy from the Northern Territory that doesn't pay his bloody child support. That I hear about. I was say definitely not him, but no, he's, he's, he's definitely cancelled. Then there's an NRL player. Yep. Yeah. 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 Automatic cancellation. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Cancel him. <laughs> uh, and Cam, who hates mermen. I don't hate them. I'm just saying they should be paid more than they are, but don't get too ahead of yourselves. <sighs> you put me in a sticky, bloody situation. Mm. I feel like you're the one that got there. Um... You need to form the bloody, what, the UWWA, Underwater Workers Association. <laughs> but exclusively for mermen and merwomen. Yeah. So the underwater... General humans who work underwater yeah. can't be involved. Nah. No, because they do... These people massively undercut them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so now you're saying that the mer people are undercutting no, the, the workers. The, this is what the bosses do. They divide us. I mean, you, this is the path you took us down. No, it's not me, it's you. All right, is that all we've got on mermaids? That's all we've got on mermaids, mermen, people. Yeah. It's a wonderful life under the sea. Yeah. It, well, this guy said it sucks, but it sounds pretty wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Robbo, where can I find you on the, the www? At aleofatime, aleofatime.com. Eats and drinks. We're going to get back on that this Friday, I think, Salty. Sure. I'm back, uh, I'm back in the game. Yep. You get me uh, at Saltmarsh on Twitter and Instagram uh, for some good meatloaf gear today. Uh, I don't post on Twitter often, but when I do, it's... Should we make meatloaf on Eats and Drinks? Uh, sure. I don't, I've don't. i never actually made meatloaf, so it's probably yeah. not a good one to do. Just fucking put, help a heap of mints in a tin. Yeah, all right. Um, and check out Tohider on Patreon. Tohider on Patreon. And you can get me at Sexenheimer. Gather around me on... Uh, Facebook and iTunes, and you can find us, of course, on Patreon and wherever you get your podcasts. It's uh, what is it? What's this called? Hypothetical Institute. Good one. Come and jump on Patreon. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Mm. Some good gear in there. Good news. We do an extra episode every week for those folks. All right. Hooroo. Bye. Bye. Don't worry about a thing. Whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia I said don't worry about a thing I accept You can definitely hear John Lennon say I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever Ooh, Don't worry about a thing Except not only did Bush do 9-11 but he
also keeps the planes out in Area 51, which let's not forget where all the aliens are. Don't worry about a thing, except Donald Trump is clearly a woman and you're just blind if you can't see them. Why don't you open your eyes? So there was, with the Animal Planet thing, they had a website for it. Where when you went to the website, it said this website's been seized by the federal government. Oh, really? But they just made that up. <laughs> um, 